Welcome back in Reaction Monday here on Main Street Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yalmopat and J.P. Plant. Reacting to all of the news from around the world of sports over the weekend. Tons of it. If you missed any part of today's show, including our thoughts on Jawan Howard, you're definitely going to want to hear that. You know, I, I I hesitate to say our thoughts on Jawan Howard. I, I'd prefer to say our thoughts on the Wisconsin-Michigan postgame situation. Well, I mean, our thoughts on Jawan Howard are take your ball and go home because mm-hmm. you don't need this headache. <laughs> Pretty simple. But plenty of, of, of thoughts mm-hmm. to go around on the situation. So, yeah, that was in the first half. Go check it out. Right now, we want to talk about some local talent from around the baseball diamond. Diamonds. Plural. Plenty of it, too. Yeah, and um, I think we've got the right guy to do it with Chris Lee of Southeastern 14 joining us because um, in his Saturday recap of Friday night's action on um, on the diamonds across the Southeastern Conference, he name-checked both – Chris McElvain and Blake Money, who, oh, by the way, money, 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 money. both played at Summit High School. You know, I, I even talked to um, Chad Kirby over the weekend. It's like, dude, you got two Friday night starters, huh? He said, yeah, we probably should have been a little bit better. <laughs> they got beat by Farragut, man. <laughs> what are you going to do? But at, at any rate, you know, Chris Lee, um, Chris McElvain strikes out 10 in four innings against Oklahoma State. Um, doesn't get the decision in Vanderbilt's only win of that series. Blake Money strikes out 10 in seven innings as LSU defeats Maine. Pretty nice starts for a couple of locals. And boy, Williamson County alone has, has really produced some players. And if we're going to just pick in that general vicinity, you got Zane Denton. Uh, of Ravenwood is the starting third baseman for Alabama and, and one of the better ones in the country. But yeah, I thought McElwain, or McElvain, excuse me, looked really good on Friday. Oklahoma State is, you know, maybe outside the SEC is as good a hitting lineup as you'll find. Uh, I thought Chris was really, really good with his fastball. Um, you know, just with poise, all the things that you want in your number one starter. I, I think that was one that raised some eyebrows when Tim Corbin made that decision because they got Christian Little and Pat Riley and, you know, some kids that are number one pick conversation next year. A long way to go between there and then and there, but they're names that people know nationally. But I thought Chris really looked good um, again, and I think it the decision justified itself once you saw it. I did not see Blake Money start, but LSU had two really good pitchers uh, who were both gone, and then from there it dropped off a cliff more or less. And so that's a program that needed a guy to step up. Blake Money, I called pitch in high school. He slimmed down, I think, about 40 pounds mm. in high school uh, to what he is now. And you know, to see a guy go seven innings, which if you looked across box scores across the country, you didn't see a lot of that. Um, and I know it was Maine. That's not the best team they'll face all year, but that's a good start. Sometimes those can self-destruct on their own. 
regardless of the opponent. And so I, I think very encouraging outings for both those kids. You know, um, and as you mentioned in this recap, uh, the seven innings kind of caught your attention there for the first game of the year. But the 79 pitches, I mean, he obviously was efficient in working through that seven innings. So um, it, it's not quite as eye-catching as you might have thought. And then again, Chris, Cade Granzow made his debut for Auburn in the third game of their series yesterday and and apparently looked pretty good as well. So, yeah, Williamson County continuing to show up on arguably the biggest stage in college baseball right now, the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, I I had not caught that. Obviously, he was a two-sport star there and and the kids got some attention in baseball. But Auburn had a really good pitching weekend. It was kind of out of the blue to me and uh, good to see him as a part of that. You know, that's that's one of the things, again, plenty of Williamson County talent, but that's one of the things about the Southeastern Conference and, and, and here in Middle Tennessee specifically, at Vanderbilt has has elevated the talent level here in Middle Tennessee. I, I really believe that. We've talked about it with you, Chris, on this show. But, you know, it's it's just kind of impressive how you can look around the SEC, not just at Tennessee and Vanderbilt, and see these guys really putting on, uh, you know, putting it in, putting the work in, and getting to the starting level in the field, on the bump, wherever it may be. You really have to look at Middle Tennessee and go, you know, who's next? It's it's a deep, it's a deep, deep talent pool out here. It really is, and you look around, Mount Juliet has sent several kids to Vandy, including Ethan Smith, who's now at Tennessee, and had a nice outing for, for the balls up in Knoxville in relief. Uh, you know, Murfreesboro, of course, produces is produced David Price and, and several other players. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of guys around there. If you want to go public school, of course, Mookie Betts with Overton. Yeah, it's really neat to look across the landscape and see what kind of talent uh, this area is putting out, you know, Robert Hassel, who got drafted a couple of years ago. If you go a little south of where you guys are, Brian Weathers, there's a, there's a whole lot of guys uh, that, that are pitching or, or hitting and, and playing big roles, whether it's college level or pro, and it's good to see. One that's not pitching right now, um, Blake Tidwell, the, the draft-eligible sophomore up at UT who probably would have been their Friday night guy if not for some shoulder issues right now. What's the latest you're hearing on him, Chris? You know, I have not checked back in on that in, in a couple of weeks because what I heard at the time was that it was and, – and this is the exact phrase that someone used to me. It would be a Hail Mary if he pitched this year. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize it was, it was that. Kind of that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize it was yeah, that significant. Got, yeah. In fact, a little bit on Twitter this weekend, some, some Tennessee fans had said that the Volquest folks had said that he was throwing now. But, I mean, what, what does throwing mean? Does throwing mean you're going to be able to pitch in a few weeks? My understanding is it's a labrum issue, and they're going to try to avoid surgery and I think let it heal on its own. Um I, I need to dig into that a little bit more, but, um, again – when, when the forecast was that was that grim, you know, probably two or three weeks ago, I, I just kind of stopped looking. But yeah, I hope for him he can pitch, not just for his pro future, but for a for a team that really, uh, well, I mean, the, the balls were great this weekend and gave up three runs to a pretty good Georgia Southern club. But 
Uh, I would still presume Blade Sidwell would, would fit right in on Friday night if he's healthy and available. I feel pretty sure they'd rather have him than not. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> Chris, besides um, – Besides UT, LSU, Vanderbilt, we talked a little bit about Auburn. Who else did you see this weekend? Who Whose results were you taken by? I was a little surprised to see Auburn win two of three. I, I guess that wasn't a shock. Um, seeing them beat Texas Tech was, was pretty interesting. That's a ranked team. Kansas State, okay, that, you know, that's, a, that's an okay Big 12 team. And and Oklahoma, middle of the pack, Big 12 team, too. But to see Auburn pitch the way it pitched, I think they gave up five runs, something like that. That was, I don't want to use the word astonishing, but when they had a five-and-a-quarter ERA a year ago, uh, to see them play three power five teams like that and pitch that well. And it, granted, it was in a big league ballpark, which I'm sure didn't hurt at all. Uh, but but that was that was something that caught my eye. Um Kentucky go to Jacksonville State. I know that's not one that's going to get in. Hey, 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 Calm down, calm down. Don't be, don't, don't be dissing Jacksonville State on these airwaves. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't warn you quickly enough. What I was going to say was, was they got to a regional last year, and and I think they were in the mix to to win the OVC. Um, Mm -hmm. If you looked at the prognostications, I thought going and winning a game there, or excuse me, winning the series there was was a good thing. Um, seeing Tennessee win the way it did caught my eye. Um, I'm not shocked that the Bulls swept the series, but to get it that decisively when you got the situation with their top two starting pitchers out and when they turned over a lot of their lineup, a lot of, a lot of really good hitters. Uh, in fact, you know, two, three-fourths of that infield and the best three-fourths are, are now, I think, playing pro ball. That caught my eye. Um, LSU scoring 51 runs in 24 innings was was pretty remarkable. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things. You know, the disappointing thing is you wanted to see Vanderbilt and Mississippi State play better. Both of them lost their series, um, and State just looked awful the first two days other than they pitched well on Friday, but they got one hit. I mean, th- those were probably the, the things that stick out. I, I know I'm missing something. Our Arkansas would like to see – win a little more decisively, and, and they lost the game in that series. But, you know, that's that's where the bar is, where seven of, of the 14 teams swept their series, and yet you were wanting a little bit more. <laughs> Chris Lee was Southeastern 14 here with us on Main Street Sports today. You can um, find his work at southeastern14.com. Fantastic um, website to keep up with. SEC action and Chris coming back to Vanderbilt again dropped two of three two visiting Oklahoma State who is not a bad program but um like you said you kind of wanted to see a little bit more I'm sure particularly out of um Maldonado in that Saturday game yeah and, and let's start here okay Oklahoma State I think a national championship caliber team mm-hmm. Aaron Fitt who I think is the the best master rider out there, hands down, with college baseball. Picked Oklahoma State to win the College World Series. Um, they've got a bunch of guys coming back. They hit the transfer portal and, and really hit on some some guys there. And so that's a team that was probably a little bit more experienced. 
and a little bit more mature, and, and not that Vandy doesn't have some experience. But, you know, Vanderbilt went toe-to-toe. I think it was 11 runs for each team over the weekend. Vanderbilt, you know, had a little bit better numbers offensively in terms of on base and slugging. So maybe you could argue with a break, Vandy wins the series. But they didn't. But I did think that their pitching, which frankly was a little bigger question to me than the hitting. They got so much of that lineup coming back. I, I would – I think you had to be encouraged if you're a Vanderbilt fan to see how they pitched this weekend. I think they – they struck out 45 and walked 11 against, again, what, what might be a top five lineup in America. Um, middle order didn't hit. It was playing simple. Nolan and, and Young struggled, I think, struck out 13 times and 21 at bat. Um, and, and the Dominic Keegan was, was on again, off again. Seemed like the top three and the bottom three did a lot of work in that series, but they couldn't cash in with the middle order when they needed it. That'll get better for them. Um, I, I'm still a little concerned because Nolan didn't have a great year last year and, and Young's not been the same guy since that shoulder injury. But I, I think they'll get better. And that pitching, you just didn't know exactly where it was going to come from. But you had seven or eight guys throw really well the, over the weekend. And then you'll probably see a Gage Bradley um, or a Devin Futrell or somebody like that the next couple of days that had to save some arms for the two midweeks. And I'm curious to see what they get the next two days from the guys who didn't pitch. But I think what you wanted to see from them was some pitching depth, and I think they showed they've got it. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of where you have to hang your hat if you're going to win a College World Series. You have to have depth pitching, and Vanderbilt has it. And it's only going to get better as the season goes along. Were, were you surprised to see Nick Maldonado as a, named as a starter? Yes and no. They like to give guys an opportunity to stretch out. Um, I, I think they were experimenting with Tyler Brown with that a couple of years ago. Like, this is the experimental phase of the season. They, they do a lot of stuff in February, March, and April that they're not going to do in, in – that they're not going to do in June. Mm-hmm. And so to me, the biggest question mark I had leaving the weekend was the closer situation because I don't think Thomas Schultz is a guy I think he can help them. I don't think he's got an out pitch, and I think that's really not a good quality when you're a closer. Maldonado is a guy who's been there and done that. He's got um, a slider or a cutter. Uh, they've called it different things. That's a, a monster pitch. Fastball is good enough change up to two, I think, and you know, you need three if you're going to start games, but I think that eventually, I wouldn't be shocked if he settles back into the closer's role because he handled it so well a year ago. I mean, they got Patrick Riley out there waiting in the weeds who came in out of the bullpen, and Riley, if the control's there, can certainly handle the starting role and, and not just handle it, but be a, an all-SEC type pitcher. So, I, I suspect years in, you're going to see Maldonado back in the pen, but I, but I wouldn't bet a lot of money on it. And the guy that I'd watch is Grayson Moore because I think he's got potentially closer-type stuff. He just hasn't been asked to do it. And so that's, that's a long-wandering answer to your question, but I think it depends on some things. And if, if it's me, I'm putting Maldonado back there, but they're going to tinker with stuff in the early couple of months like they always do and, and just see where the pieces settle. It's the best part about baseball. You can tinker with your lineup until you get the right one. As long as you're playing the best ball at the right time, it does not matter. 
Chris Lee of southeastern14.com. Thanks, man, for taking some time with us. We appreciate it. As, as always, great insight, man. You bet. Thanks for having me. All right. When we come back, we will react to some additional sporting happenings, including the Daytona 500, a big surprise in high school hoops. And we need to touch for a second on that 12 noon ball game yesterday over at Colonial Life Arena. And of course, Lady Vols in South Carolina. Yeah. I was trying to avoid it, Mo. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I, I thought Tennessee gave him a good good showing. So we'll talk yeah, more about it. All things considered, yeah. We'll, we'll get more into it. We'll get to it on the other side of the break. Stick around. <laughs> 